Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode eight of Not All Bad. I'm your host, Zach Andrews. And this is uh, the other guy, Paul Messman. Welcome to our show, our little show about ranting and raving, and also here and there, a little bit of a positive message. Yeah, uh, and <clears throat> we're really pleased. Uh, we we seem to have experienced a slight increase in viewership. Uh, we're really trying to push for uh, seven viewers this week. Um, the six of you that we uh, made listen to it last week, we really appreciate that. So please continue to tell your friends. We legitimately appreciate that. Yeah, let your friends know about the show. Um, if you feel so inclined, give a rating and review on iTunes or whatever lame thing like that. We really, <laughs> we really do appreciate it. It does mean a lot. Yeah, I've, I'll be honest, I've actually never rated or reviewed a thing on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, me neither. How <laughs> hypocritical of us. Yeah, I there's a lot of podcasts I like that they regularly say that, and I very frequently am like, man, it'd be really easy for me to do that. But uh, And I'm like, I should do that, but then I never do. But I'm asking y'all to be better than me and uh, give us the support that I've withheld from the shows that I like. I tell you what. Okay, if you, if one of you out there, one of you, six or hopefully seven, reviews the show on iTunes, I will go and review a podcast that I like and actually fulfill my civic duty as a mass consumer of podcasts out there, having never reviewed one myself and being extremely hypocritical about it. I'll go do that. That's my pledge to you. Yeah, I I think I can pretty easily make that pledge as well. So I'm with you, Zach. Also, uh, because no one has done it yet, and we have zero reviews and ratings on iTunes, whatever you say can be the very first thing that shows up when people search the podcast. That's a lot of power to put in the public's hands. I understand that. Feel free to do with that what you will. Hopefully, you know you can say whatever you want to in the review. I I, I honestly don't care about that. But as long as it's under a five star rating. I'm happy with it. So let that knowledge be your power and go out there and really make your mark, make a a terrible first impression for what we're doing here. Yeah. I would, I would love to hear from anyone, just literally anyone, even (laughs) honestly, even if you give this one star, I, I will be pleased to see that someone felt compelled enough by this to take action. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Uh, I would like not to see that. I I, I would like not to see that, but um, if it takes having um, haters before we get big fans, that sure, I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'll I'll settle for that too. Uh, Next, or tomorrow, I guess. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. For us, for me and you, Paul, not for the people listening, but... True. It's way in the past for as you're listening. But do you have uh you doing anything? I you know, I'm really not. I, I feel like this is one of the first times in forever that I've been dating someone when val- Valentine's Day has come, and you'd think that I would be motivated by the intense emotions I'm feeling to do something romantic for it, but I have no plans. Uh, and if listeners could actually email us at not all bad show at gmail.com and tell me what I should do for Valentine's day. Uh, even though I will get that, uh, four or five days afterwards, <laughs> that way <laughs> I can never, <laughs> that way I can plan for, uh, February 14th, 2020. And I can really knock it out of the park. Nice. I like that. Thinking ahead while simultaneously <laughs> just procrastinating to your doom. <laughs> Go ahead and leave a five star review on iTunes and as you, or five star rating and as you review, 
give us a little bit of a Valentine's Day magic. Give us your best uh, your best plan. That'll yeah, be a good thing I would to love type. That. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I, you know, I'd clap for you about having a girlfriend and all, but I, I think that's <laughs> audio is going to come through real poorly on the mic, so I won't do it. But that, just that's imagine okay. me doing it. Yeah, I I'm glad you brought that up specifically so that I could uh, brag about having a girlfriend. Uh, it's a really big deal. My pleasure. Just tossing you a low a low ball there, slow pitch. <laughs> Perfect. How do you feel about moving into the rants? You know, I feel overall pretty positive about it. I would love to jump into those. I don't remember who started last time. Is is this a thing that we should do where we should take turns every week or just whoever feels compelled to go should go? You know, it doesn't matter to me a ton, but you know, Zach, if you feel so compelled, I would love to hear what's on your mind this week. Okay, well, uh, I, I do have a pretty controversial one. I think I'm going to catch some heat for this, although I've said it before and I've never caught any heat. So maybe this will be really the one to do it. But <laughs> it is now February, mid-February. Correct. And to my understanding, that means crawfish season is upon us. Is that correct? Ah, uh, yes, I think so. I've eaten crawfish once in my life. And that one time, I believe, was in, like, March. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's some pretty solid evidence that we are in the middle of crawfish season. I think course. we can conclusively say that crawfish season has kicked off based off of my one experience. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I know that my dad can't even figure out how to use his phone, so he'll never hear this. But if he does, he would be very upset with me for this because he's, uh, he's Cajun and he loves crawfish. But I hate crawfish. <laughs> and down here in the south, maybe I'm up here in North Texas now. There are some crawfish fans, but you're really not going to run into the likes of those that we encountered at College Station in East Texas or, God forbid, Louisiana. Ooh. But they're out there. There are, there are a lot of, of crawfish fans out there. And they all swear by the experience of a crawfish boil or broil. Which one is it? Boil or broil? Clearly, I don't know enough to be ranting about this. I... Even outside of crawfish, I could not confidently tell you the difference between boiling something and broiling something, so I'm going to with, withdraw from commenting. Well, to answer the first question, crawfish season in Louisiana runs from mid-January through early July. Okay. With the peak months beginning in March, April, and May. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, www.welovecrawfish.com. <laughs> uh, let me confirm. Let's see here. Crawfish, I believe it's boil. Crawfish boil. Okay. Um, although, whatever. I don't know. I, I don't I, even I think. Know. Is there a difference th- between boiling and broiling? Or are they the same word? For some reason, I think broiling has something to do with an oven. But I I don't know. Um, I, <laughs> I think I've always said crawfish broil. But to, <laughs> I think I've been corrected on multiple occasions that it is, in fact, a boil. That you're dropping these poor tiny uh, uh crustaceans I, I you know that word sounds right but i don't know if they're actually crustaceans another question th- that i will google and answer <laughs> you're dropping these little little crawfish into a giant pot and boiling them alive and um that sounds like boiling to me i don't know what what the r would add to that the to make it broil i think it's a boil and i think i've embarrassed myself before and now i'm embarrassing myself in far in front of far more people 
Hi, welcome to PBS's The Learning Podcast. To answer the Ooh. previous two questions raised, broiling is akin to grilling. Okay. This all rep- allrecipes.com says broiling is like grilling, but turned on its head. Whatever the hell that means, I do not know. <laughs> but it is like grilling, but turned on its head. Also, when I search just the word broil, the Wikipedia page for grilling comes up. So that's good enough for me. Um, I think I'm actually more confused about it now than I was before. I th- I can now say confidently that it is a crawfish boil. Okay. Uh, and by the way, crawfish are crustaceans. Perfect. That's. I'm glad that I wasn't just spewing nonsense. No, you were like I usually am. You have been totally correct on all accounts, even though you were very not confident in your answers. You've been correct so far Perfect. on the cra- on the crustacean thing and the boil thing and everything. Anyway. I, I have also only had, well, I have had crawfish for a meal only once before. I have been to crawfish boils and had crawfish to eat before, but not an, in the quantity that it takes for a full meal. And it was not an enjoyable experience. So for me, this, this argument that I'm about to make and I'm sure I've probably made this argument to your face before, Paul, over the years. But my reason for not liking crawfish is the same reason why I'm not that big on bone-in wings, for example. Hmm. Um, although crawfish takes the minor issue I have with bone-in wings, I still like wings and I still eat them. But it takes that issue to the next extreme, to where I don't even like to eat crawfish. And that's the sheer amount of effort that you have to go through and the amount of food that you get as a return on your time investment. Yeah. Crawfish are tiny. <clears throat> they require a lot of preparation per crawfish to get a little morsel of meat out. I don't remember you if you're from Louisiana, you bite the head off or something and suck on the head. That's the first uh, step in the process, I believe. Someone's, sounds um, like sounds to me like something people from Louisiana would do. Right, yeah. Someone's definitely going to correct me on that. I don't know when that, where that falls in the crawfish eating process, but I do know that Cajuns do bite the heads off crawfish, suck on the heads before or after or at some point consuming the fish. So whatever is involved, whether or not you prescribe to that extreme level of tribalism to where you're biting the heads off the food you're going to eat and the creatures you vanquished in the cooking battle. But you have to, you know, they're cooked in the shell. So you have to open the shell up. You have to take the claws off or the head off or whatever it is you do, crack the shell, get the meat out. And it's like half a bite worth of meat. And it's not even good meat, which is probably the most controversial statement I'm going to say on this show. But in my opinion, it's just low quality meat. Crawfish is just bad lobster. (laughs) <laughs> um, freshwater bad lobster it's it's brown it's gross you're eating it out of a bug see the thing with lobster though the, the difference between lobster and crawfish is lobster is a lot of work crab is a lot of work but depending on the crab if it's a good kind and with all lobster you're getting a good hunk of high quality meat out of the creature your effort is at least rewarded to some degree right and plus crab yeah. and lobster they're classy Crawfish, not classy. Now, I have no issue with eating really trashy foods. I'm all about that. That's basically my entire diet. But 
the classiness factor does make it a little more okay in my mind to have to expend that extra effort for lobster or crab. You feel me on that? I do feel you on that, yeah. So I, I guess overall, that's pretty quickly to wrap it up. My hatred for eating crawfish boils right down to the fact that you got to make so much effort to get such a crappy, tiny piece of meat out of it. Yeah, I... So I feel like... So I may differ from you a little bit on wings and that, in my opinion, there is a texture difference in the meat between bone-in wings versus boneless mm. wings. I think that there's some texture difference, and I understand why people wouldn't want... I, I understand that it's work to get them... Like, to eat a bone-in uh, wing, but... In my opinion, there's different texture to the meat that I personally like, so I find it worth it. My thing with crawfish is that I don't believe that by eating it out of the crustacean's exoskeleton, you are gaining any superior taste. I feel like if whoever prepared this meal wanted to go ahead and crack open that like the the exoskeleton of this crawfish and just scoop it out with some tool that is maybe made for that and then just hand me a plate of the of the crawfish meat it's a pile I, of meat i really don't think it would taste any worse and so that's it's almost like i don't understand why why the, the those preparing the the crawfish don't go that extra mile like i why why is that step left up to the eater? Why do we do, do people take some specific joy out of sucking on the head of the animal or they getting do. to see its lifeless eyes before they crack open its body and eat they it? They do. Yeah. Because like that that feels to me like like if you were to cook a chicken and leave all the feathers on and then the person who's eating it's like, Oh yeah, you got you gotta scrape all those feathers off. You gotta rip them <laughs> off before you can bite into it. That that's not the case. We have expectations with our chicken that even if the bones in, at least the meat is right there ready for us to bite into. But like the the like you have to break apart things to reveal the meat even with a crawfish. I don't quite understand the appeal of that. You just open up a whole can of worms, Paul, uh, <laughs> bringing up a lot of things that I'd like to elaborate on. First of all, I get the thing that you're saying about uh, wing texture. That makes sense to me. I, I, I like bone-in wings, but I think that I, I, like them, I like the taste of the meat just enough to make the effort okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like the threshold for me, right? Crawfish just takes it to the complete extreme I don't want to have to expend all that effort for such bad meat, but I see what you're saying about, about wings and, and with a bone in making the texture different. I never considered that. So I'll grant you that one. Uh, this hatred about boneless wings. If, if you're that kind of person, just shut the hell up. Okay. You try to order a plate of boneless wings and someone says, Oh, that's just uh, chicken nuggets. Yeah. Chicken nuggets are dope. <laughs> What's wrong with me ordering chicken nuggets. I love chicken nuggets. You love chicken nuggets. I, so what? It's what I want. Get over it. That's, so, that's very fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm all about boneless wings. You know, I'll defend them till the day I die. But bone-in wings, I do, you know, they have some redeeming qualities that separate them from the boneless. So that's a good point that you brought up. Uh, second of all, 
the thing that you said about the chicken <laughs> being brought to you with the feathers on and you have to take the feathers off, that's exactly how I feel, okay? I, I'm not out there hunting, okay? I, I live in the 21st century. I'm, get, I'm getting my food from the grocery store. I'm getting pre-packaged food, pre-packaged snacks. I don't have to do any effort at all to eat a well-balanced or a poorly balanced diet. <laughs> I can be as nutritious or as unnutritious as I want to be, and that's my own choice, and that requires no effort on the part of preparation beyond cooking. But like, if you go to a restaurant and you order crawfish, you're expected to do all the work. I hate that. I really mm-hmm. hate that. So you know, th- that's where I stand. Yeah, I, another just kind of tangent to go on here is my, other than the one time I've eaten crawfish, my other one experience with them was that one time I was at a friend's house and they had a dog and we were just hanging out in the backyard and randomly a crawfish crawled under their fence and was in the yard and the dog was like chasing this little crawfish around which make which illuminated in my mind that crop you do boil the crawfish alive and one happened to escape and you know i i'm a meat eater i'm fine with that and like if i had to be the one to kill the animals i eat Fine, I do it. But also, there's something weird about having just a whole family of crawfish in your backyard preparing to boil them, and then they're just r- hoping to escape the the horrific murder of their entire family, and to where they could get into someone else's yard and then be like harassing a dog in that yard. It's just bizarre to me that the first time I ever saw a crawfish in person was on land in a yard in College Station, Texas. It is and that <laughs> it is a gruesome manner of preparing the, these animals to be eaten. That's for sure. It's it's truly a shame that we don't have a crawfish on this podcast to tell us how they feel about it. I know, right? Well, uh <laughs> have you ever actually watched been around when the pouring of hundreds and hundreds of live crawfish into boiling water has taken place? I have not. Okay, well, uh, speaking of a crawfish speaking, the crawfish scream when you <laughs> put them in a boiling water. Now, I want to be, be clear here. Crawfish don't have vocal cords, okay? So they're not actually screaming. This Welcome back to hi, PBS Learning Corner here. The crawfish, uh, the sound of crawfish, I believe, is something like uh, air being quickly released from their shells when they get such a extreme change in temperature, something like that. But it sounds like they're all screaming out in tremendous horrific pain when you dump them into the boiling water, which <laughs> it's pretty metal. I mean, that's kind of badass, but also a little <laughs> bit traumatizing. Man. I don't really, that actually, <laughs> that horrible thought doesn't really influence my opinion on crawfish one way or the other it's just kind of an interesting thing that happens yes i i agree with you on that um oh so i actually did want to add one more thing to this this comment and hopefully it it won't uh expand onto a million other tangents but a lot of times i know there are other foods out there that are like this that require a lot of effort for not a lot of food uh wings is just the only one that could come to mind Uh, but I've complained about (laughs) dozens of others before. And the argument I always hear as a response to this issue are people saying, well, it's not about the food, it's about the experience. Bullshit. If it's not about the food, just don't eat. Just get a bunch of your friends in the backyard and get sweaty and play football or whatever. 
But you don't need the crust. If it's about the experience, just don't eat. Just grill <laughs> burgers. No, it definitely is to some high degree about the food. Don't lie to me. Don't feed me that bullshit. Okay? Now, is the experience sucking on a crawfish head? Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I can't say I've experienced that part. But don't don't lie to me and say, well, you don't understand. It's fun to eat like that for the experience. Do something else with your time if it's not about the food, okay? Yeah, I, that's that's the argument I usually hear. And I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> that seems kind of like a bizarre argument. Yeah, well, that, that really truly does wrap it up for me. So uh, you are more than welcome to, to take it away, Paul, if, if you have something else. Which I know you do. I think that I'm going to go ahead and jump into my topic. Go for it. Which, interestingly, you almost alluded to a little bit. Uh Uh-oh. My topic is diets. (laughs) So, the thing about diets is that no one knows what the hell is going on. No one knows how food actually interacts with our bodies. (laughs) We've made so many advances in science and understanding the human body in so many ways But I just, the more I learn about what we apparently should be eating, the more I'm convinced that no one knows what we should be eating. Because you could have one, you can hear a very compelling argument from a well-respect, excuse me, well-respected nutritionist arguing that you should go vegan and never eat meat again. And they can cite studies, they can reference all of their educational background and make a good case. And then you can get an equally qualified nutritionist who will argue that meat should be the principal part of your diet and that anything else is just to supplement your main diet of, of meat. I'm going and with it makes that no one. sense. That's the nutritionist I'm going with. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes no sense to me because I feel like every few years there's a massive shift and what we're told is most healthy for us to eat. I mean, one of the things that stuck out to me the most is that a few years ago, it was exposed in like several publications that um, that doctors had been lying to us about sugar. That like half a century ago, in like the maybe the 1960s ish, the sugar lobby convinced. Uh, those in charge of like the food pyramid and things that they should demonize fat and tell people that eating fatty foods is what makes them fat in order to distract from the fact that sugar is actually what is one of the primary components that makes people fat. And so for decades, you heard people saying that you should avoid foods that were high in fat, whereas fat is actually like a nutri- fat as a nutritional component is different from like getting fat, which is like the cultural perception of your weight. <laughs> right. And so <clears throat> the, for ye- even today, you will see like snack bars that will say like, like no fat at all. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's, it's candy. Like this is a, <laughs> yeah. this is a bar made of chocolate and with some sort of sprinkles that are definitely just sugar. And yeah, there's no fat, but sugar and sugar is, I think I I feel like I can confidently say that sugar plays a large role in people 
being overweight. But even so, for years, doctors told us otherwise. So even now, there's like a hint in the back of my mind. It's like, well, I can never know for sure. I can have hunches. <laughs> yeah. I suspect that sugar's not good for you. I suspect that there's certain foods like that that are greasy or that are high in sugar that I shouldn't eat. But it's impossible to know because I feel like you just hear a million different things from any new given nutritionist that you talk to. Yeah, I, uh, I'm quite familiar with doctors lying. Um, I don't vaccinate my children because I don't trust doctors. <laughs> uh, I actually, I'm just kidding, of course, but I do know what you're talking about. I have heard this whole transition from fats to sugars thing before. Or, yeah, so the, I guess, blaming by the sugar lobbyist doctors of fat instead of sugar. And I think that that's true. I mean, a lot of things I've heard recently say that it's definitely sugar that's a main issue with being unhealthy. But like you said, I have no idea. I'm sure I could at least get a better idea if I did some research. But even then, I think that it's kind of pretty subjective, depending on who you ask. Mm Mm-hmm. And to some extent, you get so many, like, it's almost impossible to even analyze what's going on. Because to some extent, like, a recent craze is the keto diet, which is essentially cutting out all carbs. And someone that I know that's, like, studying nutrition in college explained it to me. So, like, asterisks, they're not a nutritionist, they're studying nutrition in college. They explained (laughs) to me that, like, your body, like, stops burning carbs for energy, it switches and goes into ketosis and burns fat. And I was like, that makes sense. And for what it's worth, I've known, like, personally, a ton of people that have lost a lot of weight and say that they feel significantly better and have higher energy after going on the keto diet. Yeah, I've heard that So that seems well. pretty, anecdotally, that seems promising. But then, on the other hand, all my friends that are, like, in the medical field or, like, nurses or something are always, like... Man, keto's the worst. It's going to kill you if you just cut out all carbs. I have also heard that, yes. And so it's like, I feel, I see these conflicting things, and it's impossible to know what to do with this information, because anyone who could, I feel like anyone who really says, no, this is the one way you should eat, and anyone else who tells you otherwise is misled, that person is is probably completely insane, because (laughs) I have heard... So many people confidently and even citing like research or scientific data that indicates that their exact way of eating is the one way to go. And I, it's overwhelming. It's led to me just not committing to any sort of diet. And I, I don't know what to do about it. Well, and that's how I feel. Well, to be, that. to be fair, no matter what anybody said, I don't think I would ever commit to one single diet, yeah, whether or not I trusted them or not. But it's definitely it's definitely made a lot more confusing by the fact that it does seem that there's never any consistency. So I know that this like another example of doctors lying, uh, not lying, but kind of a misunderstanding <laughs> of what's healthy and what's not is uh, the old food food pyramid versus the new choose my plate or whatever it's called. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? I do, but I know almost nothing about it. I don't either, but let's just go ahead and talk about it anyway. Uh, (laughs) The old food pyramid is is something that we learned as kids, so we're pretty familiar with it. It's got grains, carbs, all that bread and stuff at the bottom. 
It's like this is the most important thing that you need. You have got to have bread and like a ton of it. Okay, this is the number one thing that you need to eat. And then they came out with this choose my plate. And it's like, well, bread's sorry. Bread's bad for you. Hey, carbs are (laughs) bad now. And it's not I don't to be honest, I don't even understand how you're supposed to read this choose my plate. In fact, I'm currently on www.choosemyplate.gov slash infographics. And I can't make heads or tails of this. It's not clear. What like it's it's a very poorly designed pie chart if that's what it's supposed to be. I can't accurately gauge percentages. It almost looks like they just want you to eat exactly twenty percent of each of the five food groups. Um, but either way, that's a dramatic shift. Even if you know you're supposed to evenly balance everything that you eat amongst uh, like five ways, that's a huge shift from what we were drilled, what was drilled into our heads as kids of. Yeah, you just got to get that bread. Eight servings a day, just loaf after loaf. Choke it down. And meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile, it, the pyramid's like, veggies, eh, four. Four of them a day is good. But eight bread servings. Got to get that bread. Yeah, and I feel like anyone that I talk to now is like, yeah, I lost weight by cutting out bread. I feel way exactly. better. Exactly, yeah. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> I just... I just... I understand that like the human body is a mystery and it's like hard to make. <laughs> Whoa, are you giving me the talk what... right now? <laughs> well, that's... Whoa, I can give that to you after this if you want to. I want, but <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, but like, how have we not figured this out by now? I just feel like there's so many things we figured out, but figuring out how bodies react to food just is a, the ultimate mystery and no one can figure it that's out. That's a very good point. <laughs> I like how probably every three months you'll come across an article on Facebook or something that says it's from like maximumhealthdaily.biz or something like that. <laughs> and it says, new study, wine is good for you. Or whiskey, a glass of whiskey a day reduces your chance of stomach cancer by 18%. And then three months later it says, Wine is linked to a hundred cases of cancer in the last week. There's no consistency at all in not only sound medical advice, but we are constantly whiplashing back and forth between whether or not I can have a one glass of whiskey a day and live 10 years longer or die tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And I think some of the issue comes down to, People, there, there are scientists or nutritionists, whoever the hell is behind this, who are trying to do studies, and they'll like have people try something and then be like, "Huh, like, I guess these people live longer. We don't really know what else they were doing that might have made them live longer." And then people are so just eager to figure out what is going on that they're immediately like, "We found it. We figured it out. Wine will save your life." It's like, well, like that's not exactly what the study was pointing to, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's. It's so overwhelming. Hey, everyone. It turns out that Gushers Fruit Snacks has the antioxidants you need to avoid brain cancer. Eat all the Gushers you can and fruit roll-ups. You heard it here (laughs) first. I am suddenly very heated remembering all of the commercials that came on as a kid watching kids' cartoons that would show the sugariest cereal (laughs) you've ever seen in your life. And they'd be like, well... 
it has like three whole grains and you're like, wow, <laughs> that is some healthy shit. And then you figure out that event- looking back now, first of all, there was a ton of sugar that probably negated any healthy thing. And second of all, I don't even know what one whole grain is, let alone three. <laughs> but then it's like, is just pure grain and sugar what we need to start a day? Like, probably not. Like, I've, I've been led to believe that protein's important. I don't think there's any protein cereal. So I, I don't even know what's going on with that. And I'm a little bit mad about that. Cereal is a mess. I started <laughs> listening to a, a cereal podcast. That's how you know I'm I'm in too deep. But I really did start listening to a serial podcast. It's called The Empty Bowl. Not that my endorsement to a crowd of six people is going to mean anything. But if you're interested in the world of serial, check them out. And they always are discussing different various types of serial. And they're from they were children in the 80s. So they're always talking about the kind of serial that came out in the 80s and 90s and stuff like that. And just you're right, the sheer amount of sugar is revolting for example just even today 2019 get yourself a bowl of captain crunch and by the time you're done with that there will have been so much sugar dissolved into the milk it's practically pudding like the consistency of pudding i'm so bothered by this entire thing i don't actually have any feels to add but i'm just so bothered thinking about how so many things are sold as healthy that clearly aren't but also i can't really speak to it because i don't know what is actually healthy yeah i mean i I have no disturbing i have no room to speak on it just like we have no room to speak on rating and reviewing podcasts we have really no room to speak on eating healthy yeah but uh you know, if you're trying to eat healthy out there, good for you. Be safe. Be safe about it. Uh, I guess that concludes what you had to say then, huh? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that concludes. I, I have nothing else to say about dieting. I'm just, I, this is more a rant of confusion and confession that I've, I don't know anything I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I appreciate your honesty. Uh, I'm trying to move on to the, random right here but i we're running kind of low on our list our current list i gotta get a new one made uh and I, i'm having a hard time finding topics we haven't discussed yet and really that being said go ahead yeah go ahead well Bob. i was you, just gonna say to our listeners out there please we we want to talk about what's on y'all's minds and the easiest and most straightforward way to do that is to email us at not all bad show at gmail.com and that way we can we can bring up random rants that y'all suggested to us and then we can be either stunned and have no idea what to talk about or go on a crazy discussion based on your feedback and we would love to hear from you guys. Yeah, uh seriously, it would be it would be so much fun to have to talk about the things the, the crazy and wacky things that you guys come up with. <laughs> have we ever done slang or acronyms before? those are the same topic yeah yeah i I don't think so (laughs) a real a real uh wide berth that we were given here slang slang oh my god slang slash acronyms that's what we get that's what we can discuss today i think actually if i may be honest after getting the same number a number that we've done before over and over and over again i have scrolled through the list of 
of 10 topics I currently have in front of me, and slang and acronyms is the last one on the list. So I'll get a new one made for next time. Perfect. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So how often... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What I was going to say is there's something interesting to me that as you get into the field of whatever job you work, that there are a bunch of acronyms that develop. And it it, it makes sense because it's kind of like when you're talking about the same things every day, it makes sense that you would find ways to shorten it. But it's just funny to me that I feel like a lot of acronyms can be used that conflict with each other. If you were to talk to people in different industries, this may not be a great talk about the exact same thing. I was going to bring up the exact same topic. I'm glad you said something. (laughs) So the example that comes to my mind a little bit is that, um, so like in my, so I work in video production and so there, right. there's a lot of different acronyms there, but like some simple ones that probably most people will be familiar with is like TB to shorten terabyte. Um, right. So like, but then like in the medical field, I feel like I've seen before TB being used to shorten like tuberculosis. And so like <laughs> yeah. there can definitely be some confusion that comes from discussing things um, in your own acronyms. And right. It <laughs> it's just funny that that occurs that way. I was going to talk about, I don't know if, if you've encountered this uh, at your job, but my job uses, I have never <laughs> encountered so many acronyms before. It, like, like that means so many different things, a whole wide variety of things. And I am just now getting the hang of what they all mean. Like off the top of my head, uh, we've got CCA, CMC, MMC, MTS, MMTS. Like all of these are acronyms that mean completely different things. And I have to keep them all straight in my head. And I'm, well, I was really bad at it until recently, but once you, you're right that once you kind of get into the flow of them, you can have a quicker conversation and it's easier for you to think about and to write reports and presentations and things like that. But it's such a steep learning curve that when half of what you're saying is just letters, no one really knows what's going on. I mean, I go to meetings where I'll walk out of there and think, I, I don't know what they were talking about. If you could just once in a meeting, say something like if you spell out the acronym, like just to borrow one of your examples, if you're giving a presentation, if you have a slide to present on terabytes and you've, got the slide title that says TB and you're just going everything on your slide. You have a graph of all these different storage capacities on servers and they're all written in TB instead of terabytes. All I need you to do is when presenting, just say, okay, now it's time to talk about the storage capacity in terms of terabytes. Yeah. (laughs) Then I'm good. I, I got the rest of the slide under control. I got that down. But if you get up there and you say, okay, I'm here to talk about TB. Uh, we've got six TBs here, two TBs here. I know that's not actual terminology that you would use. That sounds ridiculous, but you get the point. And if you don't spell it out for me at least once, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And <laughs> the, so <laughs> something that kind of um, plays into the slain part of this conversation is that at some point, um, so I only started this my job recently, and my boss was explained to me how to use the specific camera that he uses. And since I have pretty limited experience with cameras, he was kind of going back to some basics. And 
he showed me a certain setting that he was like, all right, do you like he point? There's two options here, AF and MF. And he's like, do you know what those stand for? Oh, I do. And immediately in my head, unfortunately, I was not thinking oh, in no, terms of Paul. cameras. I did not say this out loud to anyone who's sitting on the edge of their seat, but I was like, AF makes me think of like people who will text like, I'm tired AF. You can, which, by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to spell if you want to. If you want to go ahead and, and say it, I'll allow it. I might censor it, but I'll allow it. <laughs> okay, I will say it. AF on social media or over text usually stands for as f**k. So it's like, I'm oh. tired as f**k. Or like, MF would stand for like, you could say I'm tired as a MF, which would be like, <laughs> I'm tired as a mother f**ker. And so it's like, for some reason, that's where my mind went immediately. Yeah. And that was fine. Knew- that was for all the 80 uh, year old listeners we have that don't know what AF or MF means. Yeah. I'm really glad that I could share this with our audience. I hope that they're learning <laughs> so- again. something new every week. Um, yeah. But that was where my mind went. I was like, AF. And the thing is, I, I knew exactly what autofocus is. I yeah. knew that. <laughs> The opposite of that is manual focus. It makes complete sense. But in my mind, right. I came across it. I was like, uh, I, I don't know what that means because I didn't want to say what my mind was <laughs> yeah. thinking. Yeah. Because I, right. I didn't want to look at my boss and be like, oh, yeah, that's when the camera's feeling good as fuck. Like, that's, that doesn't sound. <laughs> I'm only going to say that to my boss. And so um, I just had to act like I was stupid because I am. And instead he had to explain <laughs> to me what autofocus was which is one of probably the the simplest components the most basic <laughs> components of a camera yes even i like even i use that and i don't take i'm like horrible at taking pictures yes it's so yeah i yeah that that was a somewhat embarrassing moment um for me where the slain that i've been inundated with online they were technically acronyms, I suppose, crept into my line of work. And I, I chose in that moment to prefer to sound like I was stupid than to say what I reactionarily thought was the acronym. I'm on to you. You just wanted to say fuck during the show. I, you know, I know what you're I've been itching for it this whole time and finally got it. It's going to be really fun. I've always wanted to go in and censor things. So I'm going to go in and, whether I need to or not, I'm going to bleep all those out, and it's going to be really satisfying. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we have a lot of similar ones in my work, too, just because you have so many acronyms that eventually you're going to encounter one that means something uh, different out in the real, wor- re- real world. Although I can only think of, of one. Uh, we have a, some <laughs> To be honest, I don't even know what the real thing stands for. We have SMA. Which I I couldn't tell you what it actually is at work, but I've always heard that used to be suck my ass. I'm laughing and, because you said that I was immediately thinking that. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that it's I'm glad that you have at least been exposed to that acronym. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know how widely used SMA was out there in the real world. The, the, for the only thing I was suck my ass. The, the only thing I was thinking was maybe shaking because SMH is shaking my head. But <laughs> I knew it was either shaking or sucking my ass. I'm ready to get out there to the club and SMA, man, you know? <laughs> but the thing is, is I don't know what SMA stands for. And at this point, I'm too scared to ask. So every time someone says SMA, it's just always suck my ass in my head. And it will be forever. So I definitely encounter that too. 
what's what's kind of bizarre about both slain and acronyms is the the odd amount of joy that people get for being in the know as in there is and i experienced this myself there's a certain level of once you've become super familiar with a bunch of acronyms you get like this little high from in your group who knows the acronyms saying this full sentence filled with like three or four acronyms or slain phrases referring to something that you do um in like that industry or that group and then everyone around you gets it i feel like you get a mutual high from knowing i feel like everyone's just thinking in their head and giggling to themselves like if i said this in 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 a room of a english teacher they wouldn't get it (laughs) It's like having your own special little secret. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that too. <laughs> it's just funny how that uh, it works that way. Yeah, just you get a, a, an air of superior superiority. Yeah, Paul, hit me with your uh, hit me with your positive rant. All right. Um, so if you're ready, I don't know. I sprung that on you. I'm working on better. Like I don't want to preface every time I give a transition, so no, I that was great. Sling it on I, you right then and there. <laughs> you know, honestly, something with my recording software, I I was starting stopping something, and then it I heard myself talking, and it's a whole big thing that I won't be surprised if this doesn't make it into the podcast. But I was overwhelmed hearing myself being like I should be talking right now, but that I was having to click everywhere with my mouse. Anyways, that's how I feel every time I Google six pages deep into crawfish facts. Yeah, exactly. So here's what's on my mind this week that I am, as per usual, disproportionately excited about. I have rediscovered that child movies made for children are frequently really good. (laughs) So I, over the weekend, I happened, I I didn't intend it this way, but I saw the new lego movie lego movie 2 which i i saw the first one i liked it and i actually really liked this one and i saw the incredibles 2 and again really liked it Is it that started still in to, theaters no, no I, way right i'm just really late and i watched it on netflix oh okay oh yeah it, it did just go on netflix okay yes exactly i'm just really late but and then also recently i saw um spider-verse spider-man spider-verse whatever it's called yeah i saw that one Uh, recently the the animated one and so these movies are directed at kids but what's interesting is and i you always hear people talking about this and and i feel like so, so i am basically i i have this filter in my mind that when people post something on social media that sounds like it's just post posted for the purpose of being relatable I just get mad at it and ignore and refuse to let myself feel that relation to the person Same. posting it. Oh yeah, it's 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 a knee jerk reaction that I've developed over time because I just get annoyed by all these people who post quote unquote relatable things because it gets them traction on social media. However, mm-hmm. people all the time are talking about like, oh, if you go back and watch these old like Pixar movies or Disney movies, you'll notice that like there's a lot of jokes for adults, and I've started to actually like experience that recently. Because, like, there's a lot of things that I was laughing at in both the Lego movie and Incredibles 2. It was like, oh, like, this is genuinely very funny. And I have I don't have any idea if kids will find it funny. But I don't, yeah. don't even really care. I just find this funny. And, like, I'm realizing that there's, like, actually a lot of... It must take a lot of clever writing 
to be able to write something that appeals to both adults and kids in terms of humor. Definitely. And, um, I don't know, to some extent I see kind of the logic behind it because it's like, especially with movies and theaters for a parent to be willing to take their kid to a kid's movie, it's the parent spending money. So it needs to appeal to the parent. And so to some extent, these movies are almost made to appeal to parents and just be appropriate and able to be understood by kids. But really a yeah. lot of like the I've humor heard say that before and the like themes in these movies really, I feel like a lot of times are angled more towards parents and just, you, you know, th- so the th- another thing that I feel like ter- made me not realize the quality of kids movies is that kids TV shows are garbage. They like <laughs> the TV shows made for kids are so dumb and, like, if you go back and watch a lot of, like, Disney Channel shows, yes, they have their moments, but I, I really think that a lot of those shows are fueled by nostalgia, because if you really look at them, in terms of just, like, the quality of comedy, like, every single Disney Channel, like, live-action show is just, like, one person saying something kind of silly, and another person making fun of them sarcastically, like, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing, and then, like, yeah, cue yeah. laugh track. Exactly. It's just, like... It's they're garbage. Honestly. I don't think I ever actually liked very many shows as a kid. Anyway, I just watched them because that was the only thing that you were able to watch. Yeah, exactly. There, there are a few gems here and there. Like I, I do actually feel like some shows like SpongeBob do hold up when you watch them as an adult. Phineas but like, and Ferb was phenomenal. Definitely yeah, the best kid th- show. There, I've ever seen. there are gems here and there, but for the most part, most and like I have some nieces and nephews who are around like around like five and six now. And so many of the shows they watch are just like such a drag and like so boring. It's like <laughs> it's I feel like those TV shows are made for parents to put on in the family room while they can actually have some time to themselves while their kids attention Definitely. is grabbed. Definitely. Whereas these movies for a movie to be watched, a parent needs to be watching it with the kid most likely because they're either taking in the theaters, which is where movies make the most money or like the the parent probably isn't just going to abandon the like you can abandon your kid for 20 minutes for like a TV show episode and that'd be no big deal but like i i hope to god that parents are just like leaving their kids like their 4 year olds alone in a room for 2 hours okay, during a movie so like the the movies have soon. to appeal to the adults as well and i've just found i there's a long period of time where i didn't watch most like animated movies or movies that are more almost like just made for kids or like rated like G or PG and it's just like I've rediscovered that they're incredibly well-made and a lot of them are actually high quality and I enjoy them just as much as I would movies angled at adults. Yeah, that's nice. Pixar, uh, in my experience, is, is has always been good about that. They've always been really good about giving some humor to the adults. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I, I thought, I haven't seen Lego Movie 2. I was really delighted by Lego Movie 1. Just very yeah. surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And that was too chock full of adult humor which was great i agree with that Mm -hmm. but i i i've never i've kind of always known uh, there was never a period where i stopped watching children's movies you know i always enjoyed them and went to the theater for them Mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty much all i have to say about it (laughs) that's just something i've rediscovered recently is that a lot of children's movies are pretty delightful and and incredibly entertaining that's true. I, yeah, I agree. Um, on, on a on a much sadder note, uh, well, 
we've recently lost the Mars rover. I don't know if you heard about that, Paul. I did hear about that, yeah. Yeah, uh, pretty tragic, actually. The rover opportunity, as of today, of course, it's going to be a few days ago if you're listening to this on Monday or really at any point. It's a few days old. This news is a little old, but the Opportunity rover has officially been declared dead by NASA, which is very sad. That is sad. But I'd like to take this segment to not dwell on the negativity and rather do what I believe Opportunity would have wanted and appreciate the hard work that he, that uh, she, I'll say it's a she, What does it have it in Wikipedia? Does it have a gender or sex listed for Opportunity Rover in Wikipedia? It does not. I have no idea. It does I was not. I to look it up, but I'm it's just, guessing that you already did. Opportunity Rover is an it, okay? I'm pretty comfortable in saying that. That's pretty fair. Um, it is tragic. The death of Opportunity is tragic. But, again, this is a celebration of the Mars Rover's life. It was expected to... I believe last only for 90 days. Yeah, I was actually reading about that today. It was only expected or intended to last for 90 days. Well, today, Opportunity clocked in at over 14 years on the surface of Mars, which is just incredible. That is insane. It took the largest sandstorm ever recorded on Mars to take this guy down guy gal thing down that's that's impressive that is impressive i also think it's impressive that nasa catalogs the worst sandstorms on the surface of mars of all time or at least (laughs) of what they've recorded yeah i really don't have too much more to say beyond simple facts uh of it dying today and how it's sad and how we should be very proud of it lasting as long as it did but I think it's super cool that it was able to exist for so long. I mean, that's, I was going to say a world, a world record, but I, I'm i willing to say, as far as I'm concerned, that's a solar system record. Yeah. <laughs> that's a long time. So, shouts yeah, to there, Opportunity. There's something special about the fact that, to my understanding, there was, so that sandstorm occurred and they lost connection and that that was not unexpected that they were like, Oh, it makes sense that we'd lose connection, but they were hoping that following the sandstorm that they would regain connection with the Rover. Yeah. And so I think that they've been trying to reach out for it for several months now. And it's just now that they officially said, if we haven't reached it by now, it must be dead. Yeah. And there's something just so sad about that and almost like romantic in a weird way that it's like, we had this rover that did so much for us and we learned so much about Mars from this rover and it outperformed significantly past expectations for it. But then unexpected, it wasn't like it just, we're like, Oh, it's going to run out of battery soon. Okay. It ran out of battery. It's like, Oh man, there's a big storm. Like, is it going to make it? And everyone at NASA has just been sitting in their seats, not sleeping for several months waiting to hear back from the opportunity rover, but uh, sadly, uh, he or she never responded, and that that is worth uh, taking a moment uh, to be sad about. God bless it. If you're at home uh, or anywhere, I don't know why you would have to be at home. If you're listening to this podcast, I'd ask that you 
pause it right now and just take a moment of silence to honor the everything the opportunity dedicated to science. Uh, I don't want to do an, a, lot, a moment of science on the show because that's just going to be really awkward. And you'll probably turn it off if you haven't already. <laughs> it will make you feel better to know that uh, Opportunity's younger sibling, Curiosity, is still going strong out there on the surface of Mars. So good luck oh, out yes. there, Curiosity, doing good things. I believe Curiosity is the one that sings itself happy birthday, right? Yeah, I, I have heard that before, and yeah. so I, it must be true. <laughs> it, it is true. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> anyway, that's all I had to say. I thought it was uh, just kind of a fun thing to talk about. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool, you know. It makes me happy thinking how much energy and time and love was poured into opportunity and how it all paid off in the end for a 15-year lifespan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess that concludes today's show. I believe it does, Zach. Well, Paul, thank you for joining me. Uh, I would like to remind everyone, again, of our little wager. If you leave a rating review on the podcast on iTunes or I don't know if you SoundCloud, if you can, Google Play. Try you, you can like it on SoundCloud. Okay. We would love to get your like. Yes, like it on SoundCloud. If you leave a rating and review on iTunes, I will repay the gesture and leave a rating review on another podcast, which I also enjoy. Mm, I also will do that. And you can be the first person to say anything about our podcast and have the, have your review be the first one to show up and also be the first one to establish a star or two or three or four, or hopefully five on the iTunes charts. That'd be cool. So we just ask you to do that. Paul, why don't you drop some knowledge on how they can get their uh, questions right on the show? Yeah, guys, please uh, email us at notallbadshow at gmail.com with your random rants. And in that subject line, you can put a random rant idea and in the body put that random rant uh, idea in the body, the actual (laughs) rant. Uh, And we will not see it until the show. We will have... um, if we get up to that seventh uh, listener, we'll uh, finally be making enough money to hire on a couple uh, email responders. Uh, get and an we intern. Will have, <clears throat> yes, absolutely. And we'll have them uh, siphon through all of the emails that will p- hopefully after this episode be pouring in by the hundreds. Uh, and they will have it prepared for us. So we will not see it, but we would love, love, love to hear from you guys. Be a fun thing to do on the show. Hear from our audience a little bit. That'd be tight. It would. Yeah. So again, if you like the show, tell a friend. It'd mean a lot. But that wraps everything up for me. And thanks again for taking a listen. I'm Zach Andrews. And I'm Paul Messman. And this has been Not All Bad. Have a good Valentine's Day. Opportunity Rover, rest in peace. Yes. And please remind us uh, what we should be doing for Valentine's Day uh, in those reviews or emails. Thank you so much. Yeah, I could use all your ideas because I I haven't done any planning. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.